the chat window telling us what you teach and where and what your Twitter handle is if you have one. Before I introduce our speakers, I'd like to explain how these meetings work. These meetings are recorded and are available within 24 hours after the meeting ends. To view the recording, you can use the same link you used to get here tonight. The global math community prides itself on being friendly and supportive. The chat room is available for topical and general conversation throughout the meeting. I'll be sure to catch your questions for the presenters to be addressed at the end of the presentation. Our speakers tonight are Monica Tienda and Barbara Lynch from Park City Math Institute, and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Barb Lynch. I am from Lakewood, Ohio, which is an inner ring suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. I've been teaching for many, many years, and I attended the Park City Math Institute from 2011 until 2015, and that's where I met Monica. Hi, good evening. Um, hi from the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan. Um, as I put in the chat, I am on the ancestral land of the Council of the Three Fires, the Ottawa, the Potawatomi, and the Ojibwa. So um, yes, I met Barb at PCMI, and we are going to talk about PCMI in the time of pandemic. And I got to say, I'm pretty proud of my zone tool coronavirus. So anyway, let's get started. Um, I would like to first give a big thank you to um, the global math department for inviting us, um, for Lee, for Rana, and especially for Marissa who reached out. Um, and Marissa is a former PCMI alum and I believe 2017, yeah. So anyway, thank you to everybody at the global math department and welcome everyone tonight. Um, awesome, it looks like we've got some PCMI alum in the chat. Um, Great, thanks Thanks for sharing your years. Okay, all right, let's get this party started. Okay, we are teachers. So we have some learning targets for today. All right, I will learn about the Park City Math Institute and specifically the teacher leadership program at PCMI. And I will learn about PCMI pre and post COVID-19. Our success criteria as teachers is hopefully you will consider applying for PCMI TLP in 2021. And that's Monica with her elementary voice. Yes. <laughs> awesome. All right, so you know who we are. Um, I teach in Oak Park, Michigan, which is a northern suburb of Detroit. We border Detroit. I'm in a Title I district. Um, yeah, Title I urban district, and I teach fourth grade. I teach um, right now, this year I'm teaching math eight, and I'm teaching advanced geometry to eighth graders. I teach in a city that is 5.5 square miles and we have 55,000 people and COVID is not being very nice to us here in Lakewood. No, no, COVID devastated Oak Park in the spring. Um, and Barb was, I not only met Barb at PCMI, but Barb also became my roommate. And if you were with us during the midway years, you know, we had to share a bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's that. Fun fact. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was uh, a participant um, for a few years, and uh, then in 2016, I joined the staff. So, all right. And Barb, so far, is the reigning parade um, winner. 
So we have not won a parade since Barb has been in charge that, of the parade. And, and that's because the Park City Math Institute takes place in the beginning of July. And so we're there and we participate in the city's parade. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So we would like to know who else is here tonight. Um, if you could go to menti.com and use the code 9876489, please um, and, uh, check all that apply. There's a couple of different options. And I am pictured here with Herb Clemens. He is one of the co-founders of PCMI. And um, he's awesome. He is the reason why I became a participant back in 2012. So... Go ahead and take a moment and let us know who else is here. And while you're doing that, I became interested in PCMI in 2010. Sam Shaw wrote on Twitter, "Who? what is a great summer professional development for teachers? And everybody said Park City. And in the summer of 2010, he was a participant and I followed him on Twitter. And so then I applied the following year. I didn't really know Sam. I met a, he was my Twitter friend. Okay. The responses are coming in. I will share them momentarily. Ooh. All right. It wouldn't be math if we didn't have data. Okay. All right. So this platform, let's see if this works. All right. I'm going to go here and I'm going to click here and bam. All right. I hope you can check out the results of the Mentimeter uh, survey. We have some alum in the house. We have some PCMI curious people who may not have ever been to PCMI, but hopefully after tonight, you'll get a better idea of what it is and consider applying in the future. We've got an abundance of secondary. Yes, high school, middle school, and then elementary in the house represent. All right, we have some teachers that are relatively new to the profession. And those are the key years. Those are the years that we're looking for for a PCMI applicant, the two to five years plus. Those are the years, especially that two to five year um, segment where you need a lot of support. We're not looking for necessarily the brand, brand new teachers, but we're looking for the young teachers to give them that extra support that they need. And look at all the seasoned professionals we have in the house. Awesome. All right. Lots of high school, lots of middle school. Okay, cool. All right, let me come back here and go back to slides. Bam. All right. Awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming. Okay, Park City Math Institute, that's what PCMI stands for. Yes, it's the one in Utah. Okay, PCMI is, has been around for, I believe this is the 30th year. And um, PCMI is an outreach of the Institute for Advanced Studies and they are um, housed in Princeton, New Jersey, the city, no affiliation with the university necessarily, although they, it's a small town, so they're right next door. Okay, um, fun fact, there is no good way to get to Princeton, New Jersey. It's an hour from Newark. It's an hour from Philly, no matter where you fly in, it's an hour drive. Okay, PCMI, however, is located in beautiful Park City, Utah, and you take up shop for three weeks. It is an intense three-week residential conference. It is personal, it is professional development. It is personal development. It is both. 
it is an awesome, amazing experience. And it includes participants from entire, from across the entire math spectrum. Everybody from teachers to researchers and everybody in between. So you've got a couple of pictures there. PC Hill is um, right near where we are located. And it's about a 30 minute hike to the top. Um, unless you're me, in which case you're going to huff and puff and take about 45 minutes. But yeah, most people, it'll be about 30 minutes. Um, it's an amazing uh, view of the city, of the sunrise and so on. And Utah has these cool letters that they put in different cities around the state. And so there's that. And also um, Park City is also known for the rail trail that we walk on. We take it from where we stay, where we hang out, all the way into downtown Park City, and it extends um, all the way out into the horizon. So it's kind of a really neat thing. Oh, sorry. Okay, PCMI is several programs all at once. Like I said, it's the entire spectrum of math. We've got the graduate summer school people. We've got the researchers. We have undergrad faculty going on and undergrad summer school. We even have a workshop on rehumanizing mathematics. Um, in 2019, it was led by Rochelle Gutierrez. And had we not been canceled by COVID, she would have made a return back in 2020. So, but the best one, the most fun one, is the one that I work for, the Teacher Leadership Program. And that's what the bulk of this talk is gonna be about, is about the TLP program at PCMI. So if we start throwing around acronyms, your teachers, you should be used to it, that's what they stand for. Got it? Good. All right, so here we have a couple of extra photos. Um, we have our director, Rafe. He is head of all of PCMI, so he is all of our bosses. And um, this is near uh, the front of the, um, God, what do you call it, Barb? I'm thinking arena, but that's not right. The lab in front of the presentation room? The, the yeah, theater. what do we call it? The theater, yes, that's it, the theater. It's nine o'clock for me and I've been teaching all day and I'm tired. So yes, he's in front of the theater. And um, all right, the photo next to him, the people are actually in the theater. So um, we'll talk a in a little bit about what a cross-program activity is because um, that's what they're attending. And you've got people there that, that at a 3D conference. All right, so, um, and oh, those of you who may have been at PCMI back in 2013, I believe, is when we learned how to cut a bagel and do that fun little party trick. So, I don't know if any of you know George Hart, um, a famous mathematician who does art, and he taught us how to cut a bagel. So it is a Boolean rings, I think that's what you call it. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, one one cut and it enters. Yeah, okay, all that fun math stuff. Mm -hmm. Google mm -hmm. it. Yeah, Google it. Um, it's probably part of the new uh, research uh, that's going on in 2021. It's this crazy name. Just wait. Just wait. All right. Uh, those of you that know Christy Newell or have heard of Christy Newell or at least have heard of Math Gals, um, these were the Math Gals of 2019. Christy Newell is the um, is the woman, the teacher, the awesome person who created the hashtag math gals with her line of t-shirts with different women in mathematics. Um, we were the different women in mathematics of PCMI last summer. And um, Rochelle Gutierrez is on the end. Um, yeah, so we've got some women there representing some of the different programs plus the TLP. And on the opposite end of Rochelle is my partner in crime, Peg Cagle. She and I are co-directors of the Teacher Leadership Program. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, however, this 
uh, photo is not quite complete. We, I also need to give a shout out to Dina Vigil. She is the heart and soul of PCMI from the background point of view. If you attended PCMI in any capacity, you have had to interact with Dina. Dina is the woman who knows it all. Dina has the key to everything. So Dina is the behind the scenes woman of PCMI. So, all right. Let's see, click. Okay, like I said, PCMI is a lot of different things and we're gonna focus specifically on the teacher leadership program. We are the fun group at PCMI. All right, so the TLP has approximately 60 teachers, 30 of whom come from MFA, Math for America, across the country, a lot of New York, Thank you, John Ewing and everybody else associated with MFA New York, and but also from MFA LA and any of the other MFA sites still active across the country. But the other half of PCMI are teachers like me who came from Detroit, Michigan or somewhere else across the country, teachers that didn't have an MFA affiliation and we're considered at large. Um, the teacher mix is a mix of returning PCMI alum plus new teachers. And we recommend it to be from grades three through 12, but I have to give a caveat to Amy. Um, Amy Tarek is from Minnesota and she was a participant for a long time. She was a PCMI uh, staff member for a long time and Amy taught second grade. So shout out to Amy and her strong math skills rocking the elementary end of the TLP. Also pictured is Jim King. He is another co-founder of uh, PCMI. He has been with PCMI since the beginning and back even when it was just the geometry program. Um, Jim works for the University of Washington and he makes it possible for you to get college credit for attending PCMI. And those of us who have to renew our certifications know how important that is. Okay, so what we're gonna do now is we're actually gonna do a math problem because that's what we do at PCMI, the M stands for math. So what I would like you to do is to spend about four to five minutes reading this problem, and then we'll ask you some questions at the end. Um, this is a problem that we um, encountered while we were at PCM PCMI, of one of our co-participants gave this to us, and I would say I probably spent hours of my life thinking about this problem. So why don't you take about four minutes and see where you can get with this. I feel like we should be playing the Jeopardy theme song. Oh, Alex. I know, I know. My dog is howling in the background, so there's that. So, you know. When I first encountered this problem, I'm a, technically a high school trained math teacher, and it took me quite a while to even get a handle on what this problem was asking. So PCMI has been at Park City for the bulk of its 30 years. It was in New Jersey at IAS for a couple of years, but not very much. Um, there was a two year stint where we went to Midway, Utah. And if you were with us in the Midway years, um, you know that uh, although the um, the the hotel the ho uh, whatever we stayed in the hotel was beautiful the the resort was beautiful it was in the middle of nowhere Utah which is beautiful in and of itself the West is I mean I can't even describe it um, you have to be there to see it but yeah so this problem emerged during the midway years and one of my favorite memories 
is uh, me and Barb and Jen solving this problem, attempting to solve this problem and struggling with this problem. And Ryan, the creator of this problem saying, do you want help? And all three of us simultaneously, no, we liked the struggle. Okay, the only problem about giving this right now um, is that you can't keep working on it while we're talking on the next few slides. And we'll come, we're gonna come back to this problem um, in a few minutes. Yeah, you're teachers and you're going to keep working on it anyway, we know that, but if you can pay attention, that's cool. <laughs> so we're, right. what we're gonna do right now is explain the three different parts of PCMI. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning of our day, the teacher day is morning math. And um, you are the student. This is the first part of the day. And for most participants, for many participants, this is the best part of the day. This is where you do math. So um, <clears throat> you, sit at, you sit in table groups, which rotate and alternate. You have table leaders at each table, and you're encouraged to work collaboratively. You work individually, but you're also encouraged to work collaboratively. You're, you're also encouraged not to ruin anybody's joy. You're not the teacher, and you don't say, well, look, I, know, I already know the answer. You just try to guide people into their solutions. <clears throat> so the morning math part of the day takes about two hours, a little over two hours. And it's, if you can imagine two hours every day for a three week chunk, it's a good chunk of time. It's a good chunk of math. But the amazing part of the morning math and what we don't really get into until the program gets into about its second week is you start to um, really see the arc that the problem sets are going on because that's what we work with every morning. We work with a problem set. And here we have, um, we have Brian, one of our um, table leaders, one of our staff members. He is a professor of math and he is an amazing, amazing gifted teacher. I remember being at one of his tables um, as a participant and um you know, it seemed like Brian was distracted doing a million other things, not really doing the math. And here I am struggling with the problem set. And I looked to him for guidance and he just looked over what I, what I was doing, what the problem was, what my work was. And he's like, try this. And of course it worked. Brian is phenomenal. So, um, all right. But these are the two guys that are behind the morning math for the three week PCMI program. This is um, Bowen and Daryl. And the way that they craft their problem sets, um, they build on each other. It's, it's, you know, it's one thing to say, oh, the problem sets, this is a great way to teach math. It can be, um, but the way that they craft their problems is, it's a skill that I just don't have. I can craft a couple of good problems. I can't craft three weeks of problems that build on each other that all of a sudden there's these aha moments and you're like, oh my God, that's what this was teaching me this whole time. And it's, um, and it's accessible to elementary teachers, to high school teachers. And it's very collaborative, especially because you're at the tables every morning. So even though you're struggling, there are people to help you out. And what's nice about it is if you don't get it, you just wait till the next day. And sometimes it just, oh, that's what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. And they work your name into each problem set. So if you're a participant, you're gonna show up one day. Okay, uh, so um, go, uh, let's go back to the Ryan Swingpool problem. I, again, I teach um, seventh and eighth graders. And I gave them this problem, and this is some of their student work. So here you have a student who um, wrote down the fractions. If you remember, it was one, four, three fifths, and three sevenths, and they put the poles that were on the top. And then what they decided to do is to create 
um, the greatest least common multiples and they kind of stopped at 56, 90 and 84. And you figure, where are they going? You know, when they explained it, they came up with this great fraction, three fourths plus two fifths plus four sevenths equals 360. They explained it to the class. And if you look at it, their poles are all the same height. And they assume that just the top parts would be equal to 360. And they explained that to the class. And I remember them thinking, oh wait, we're wrong. I like this problem, um, this solution only because I like the picture, but if you notice the poles are different and this was done by a seventh grade uh, student and they came up with this and I remember them saying, oh yeah, look at 360, that's 120, that's 30, that's 24. And I can't say what they actually said when they did 120 divided by seven. I think they were thinking it was gonna be a factor and it wasn't. And it's like, oh dear, now what do I do? And then um, for some, I had a seventh grader, a sixth grader who was taking algebra one and this was his solution. Um, he did this all algebraically. I won't go through this too fast, but he made up these equations where if D was the blue area, the depth of the pool, and he um, then decided to create D for X, Y, and Z where X is the length of each, X, Y, and Z is the length of each pole. And then um, he knew that 360 equals X plus Y plus Z. He plugged it in and he ended up with the depth of the pole was equal to 45. And when I, um, I give this problem a lot in professional development for teachers, they're always trying to do the algebra part of it. And, you know, I keep telling them, you know, maybe there's a, another way to, to solve the problem. And then, we had a fifth grade teacher explain the problem this way, where if you notice the bottom is three fifths and three sevenths, so you divide the one fourth into three. So now they're all the same measure. This is something called tape diagrams. And then there's, they're all um, divided into equal pieces. There's um, 24 pieces and you divide that into 360, so it's 15 centimeters for each piece, so the water is 45 centimeters deep. I like showing this solution because it doesn't use algebra, and it's like a, an, a, what I call an aha moment. So I hopefully I didn't ruin the joy for those of you that didn't solve it yet. If I did, I, I sincerely apologize, because that's my main goal in my life, is not to ruin everybody's joy, but that is the solution to Ryan's swing pool problem. Okay. <laughs> the next part, um, PCMI is divided. We always call it first period, second period, and third period. You know, and second period is what we call ROP, reflecting on practice. Yep. So this is where you get to be the teacher again. So take off your student hat. Um, and now you're a teacher again, and you are learning how to um, to hone your practice, to become a better teacher than you are. So we have a couple of pictures um, of some staff members. Uh, Cal Armstrong is our international Canadian staff member. Um, Suzanne Alejandre is the one on the in the red shirt. Suzanne is. Um, uh, responsible for the teacher leadership website, the archives that we have, and it's a phenomenal resource um, that uh, we'll share with you in a bit. Um, but we've also got Vicki and Mary and Jen and Amy and just uh, some of the best people I've ever met in my life. Okay. Um, so reflecting on practice is the second part of our morning. Um, and like I said, you're a teacher again, you reflect on what you've done, you reflect it. We do a little bit of math, but we're looking at the pedagogy aspect of it. So here is an example of, sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay, there it is. Okay, so here's an example of um, a problem that we talked about, a math problem, but then we talked about how can we use this in our classroom? 
So you, um, the example is the five squares and you ask the students to color in one fourth of the drawing. M my students like this because it's fun. There's so many different ways that you can divide this into fourths. However, it also brings back a lot of what we have learned in the reflection of practices. Um, and I, we're going to show you a, a couple of ways that you could use this in your classroom. Yeah. Um, if you go to the next slide. Those of you that were uh, in the PCMI years where this problem was done during ROP know it as the Decker and Corral problem. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so Decker and Corral did a bunch of research. Apparently, uh, I'm not an ROP person, but I remember doing this problem and there's a lot of different ways to solve it, but Barb? Um, up on the screen, this is one way that I have used it in my class. Um, I gave them some possible answers and I said, which of the following shapes are actually one fourth shaded and how do you know? So if you wanted to look at a few of those, And so how, how would your students approach this? You know, this could be done from, I would say, when do they learn about fractions, Monica? Fourth grade? Kindergarten. Kindergarten. They're learning about fractions the whole time. But yeah, the emphasis starts becoming important in third, fourth grade. But yeah, they're learning about fractions the whole time. But what's great about this problem is the students will give their answers and then the kids have to critique the answers and it elicits a dialogue in the classroom. And it's a low um, floor, high ceiling problem. You know, the part one, you just have them color it. And then part two, you show them this and you say, well, which are correct? And, and why are they correct? And which ones would you use in your class? Um, one of the things I love to use in my class are the following three things. Convince yourself which ones, convince a friend which ones, and then convince a skeptic. You know, if you say someone that says, oh, I'm not that sure about the top row, the, the left one. You know, I don't think that's a fourth. Can you explain why you think it's a fourth? And so that gives you, um, you know, the mathematical practice of critiquing others and, and their arguments behind them. And then um, online, someone actually posted tons of different answers. And this is the loon of Hippocrates. And as it turns out, and I, I, I tried, I'm going to use this in my geometry class this year, that um, that actually is one fourth of the figure. The loon of Hippocrates is turns out to be the area, turns out to be a rational number, even though it's formed by the arcs of circles. So I, I just threw that up there just so you can see there's different types of solutions that you can get. Okay. That's not one I would have given you, but. Oh, right. yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought of that in a million years. <laughs> no. But I do like the idea of giving students answers and having them prove or disprove. Um, I'm teaching my students double digit multiplication right now. And I know they're going online and using a calculator and giving me answers. And I'm like, okay, great. Fine. Yes, that is the correct answer. How did you get it? Can you show me the area model? Can you show me partial products? Can you show me anything that demonstrates that you can do this without a calculator? Because a calculator is a great tool, but if it's doing the thinking for you, no, 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 no. So during ROP, so we would look at a problem such as the, um, the cross, but then we would start, then we would dissect what we just did. You know, like, what did you like or not like about this task? And um, this was the year that we talked about um, having a mathematical discourse in our classroom. And so then I, you know, I went back to Lakewood and I did this and it worked. You know, the students were arguing with each other and sometimes they were not nice with each other. And we also talked about, um, next slide. Mm -hmm. 
Was that it? No. So the oh okay this one test should be open yeah right and the important thing is that um, it promotes creative thinking it encourages the students to find multiple ways of achieving the same goal and it compels the students to justify their reasoning and it's really important that there's room for error of thinking while they are processing this all because um, we need to take care in what we choose, we need to challenge, and we want to create the productive struggle in the students. Yeah. So one of the, the key components uh, for us as a teacher is to, um, the tasks that we choose. Uh, it, you know, they can, you can assign a worksheet with 50 problems, and they can keep going on and on and on, or you can give them a couple of really good problems, really deep tasks, and have them go deeper and explore. Um, and I would also, at this point, like to recommend that you check out, those of you that are NCTM members, and I say that because now I believe all of these conferences are behind the NCTM uh, site. They were free over the summer, um, but, uh, my my partner in crime, Peg, she did an NCTM 100 talk because it's the 100th anniversary of NCTM. She did a talk on rich tasks and back in June. And I would highly recommend that you go check that out because rich tasks are what, you know, it, it's, it's our duty as a teacher to really seek out some of these amazing rich tasks to solve with our students. And in this one hour talk, we cannot possibly give you an idea of what Bowen and Daryl do over a three week period of time with us. But hopefully we're giving you some interesting problems to solve and to think about and to reflect on. And yeah, take it and run with it. Okay. The third part of PCMI, we said that there are three parts and the, the third part in the afternoon after lunch is the working groups. And that's where we get together. And every year it's, they, they have different types of groups that you can, that you are assigned to. Yeah. So when you fill out the application for PCMI, you, um, <laughs> you're asked to choose a working group, which back, you know, in the application stage, you know, you're like, okay, whatever, click. But when it comes down to the um, the reality of it, you're like, oh, what did I, what did I choose? What, what? So, um, but yeah, the afternoon working group. You are working in smaller groups, um, and you're trying to come up with an idea of how you can give back to the teaching community. Um, whether it's locally in your own district, in your own state, or even something beyond. You never know. My, my first year, we talked about um, ROP was all about effective formative assessment. And we were given these five non-negotiable strategies for effective formative assessment. And I went back to my district and um, I tried to clarify how we use formative assessment. And one of the great things about uh, Park City Math Institute is while we were learning about formative assessment on the third week, they, we had a guest lecture. And for those of you that are into formative assessment, you know that the guru of that is Dylan William. And he was actually zoomed in or Skyped in. And he actually talked for like two hours at PCMI, which was, I was such a fangirl because I read all of his stuff, but it was just so nice to of PCMI to expose me to someone like him. So pictured is um, the social justice and mathematics group of 2019, the last time we were face to face. Um, unfortunately, the 2020 uh, group, we found out about the COVID shutdown, quarantine, shelter in place, everything right after the letters were sent out, the letters of acceptance. So um 2020 did not happen however 2019 did and that is the social justice group and what you see on the right is a list of all of the groups that we had scheduled for 2020 um 
and social justice is now social mathematics for school. I'm sorry, school mathematics for social change. I need my glasses and um, lots of other different opportunities for the afternoon. All right. Also, so if you uh, notice, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Okay, PCMI is so it's divided into three sections. The first part is the math, and that's kind of like you're giving to yourself. That's the selfish part of camp. That's where we feed ourselves with new math, new math insights. The second period is the reflection of practice, and that's where you're giving to your students. You're, you're honing your teaching craft, and how can we be better with our teaching? And they always say you should only change 10% of your teaching because you get so much information and then you go back and you're so excited. And that's right. You only have to change 10% and that makes so much of a difference. The third part, the afternoon, is when you're giving to other teachers. You're giving and you're sharing what we've learned with others. And you could do that in a, in a lot of different ways. You know, one, I started presenting to teachers in, in Ohio, um, you are a four-year apprentice, and I've been lucky to have four new math teachers since I started, and I call them all my apprentice, apprentices, and um, I'm, I'm able to instill in them the math practices and all the stuff that I've learned at um, Park City. So, um, excuse me. The morning math may be the best part of your day, but the working group is probably the part of the day that might take you the furthest away from Park City into other opportunities. And I say that because it happened for me. Working group helped me realize that I did have something to offer, um, even though it took some convincing. And I ended up becoming... Um, I took my work, my first working groups, and I uh, was doing some PD with it. And then we got involved with NCTM, thanks to Fred Dillon, who you see pictured with the glasses. And that's Ryan, by the way, of Ryan's Pool Problem. And um, yeah, so Ryan, me, Fred, Barb, that's us at NCTM Indianapolis Halloween a couple of years ago. And... Our work at PCMI led us into some additional opportunities with NCTM because Fred is a big uh, proponent of NCTM and encouraging teachers to give back. And so that's what we started doing. And on the right, that's me and Barb last year at um, San Diego NCTM giving a talk. And that's actually what Marissa reached out to us to um, give this uh, global math talk presentation about in the spring. But I'm going to blame uh, COVID, even though it was really my fault I dropped the ball. But yeah, so that was us at NCTM. And yeah, so anyway, we're talking now. M Monica's six foot. I'm not. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the six foot tall elementary teacher. I really should write a book about that. Okay, so the teacher a day has three parts to it, um, but that's not it. There's more to PCMI than just that because there are all those other groups. So let's check out what's what else is going on. All right, so at the end of the day, at the end of everybody's day, regardless of what program you're in, um, there are cross-program speakers who come and give lectures in the auditorium. Yeah, the arena, I keep wanting to call it, and that's not the right name. So it's hard to find a speaker that will appeal to the whole math community, but every now and then they do it. Um, here are a couple of speakers uh, from PCMI Past, um, Tadashi Tokaida. This was actually after his cross-program talk. He spoke with the teachers kind of on a personal level and it was amazing. Oh my God, it was amazing. All right, and then Uri, Yuri Treisman was the year before. He was so cool. Arthur Benjamin. Yes, yeah, Barb's a fangirl. Arthur Benjamin came and spoke. Um, we've also and had- George, yeah. George Hart. Yeah, um, 
Oh my God, uh, Sabetta. Um, God, I can't think of her name. She was the knitter, but she's a mathematician and it's just amazing things, amazing things. Amazing people come and speak to um, at PCMI. All right, but what else do we do? So sometimes in the evenings we have building parties and we encourage, we invite people from other programs to come and join us because we have a lot of fun. We're the fun group. We're the teachers. Come on. And, and this is something that I, you could bring back to your community. I've done the a lot of the origami and I've, I've done a lot of this with um, our family math night. And I don't think I would have known about all this if I didn't attend PCMI. Yeah. So in the middle is Troy. He's a Utah resident. He is our uh, one of our staff members. He is awesome. And he is the one doing all the controls in the background. So yeah, he's building this cool thing. I don't even know what it is, but it's cool. All right. Um, one of the other alternatives in the evening, dinner is on your own, but every now and then we give you opportunities to eat on us. So here is pizza and problem solving where you get these amazing problems. Um, and there is the, damn it, it's not the arena. What is it? It's the auditorium. It's the theater. And in fact, this theater is where they have some of the Sundance uh, movies during the mm -hmm. Sundance Festival. Yep. Yep. So back 30 years ago, Park City was this, you know, snowbird town. And, you know, during the summer, nobody was really around. So, hey, this would be a great place for a math institute because there's a lot of accommodations. They've got some cool stuff. Well, fast forward 30 years and Park City is a little bit pricey. All right. And Sundance has happened in that time. The 2000-whatever Olympics happened in that time, the Winter Olympics. And, you know, that's a fun place to visit. But, you know, okay. So, so going back to the pizza and problem solving, they are created by professors from Harvey Mudd. Is that the right mm -hmm. name? Yep. Because that's Mudd in, in California. And um, it, it's a cross-program night but I always like it. If you see the blackboards that are up there, um, you, they pick uh, people to explain the problems after you go through them. And mm -hmm. I always like it when the teachers get up there because the teachers mm -hmm. can explain it in such easy language compared to say graduate students or professors. Oh, shout yeah. out to and, and, and a middle and a, a middle school teacher can explain things easier. Yeah. All right, I, I, I have to backtrack for just a second. Um, so going back to the working groups and where can it take you? Um, this is the social justice group from 2019. And this guy right here behind me in the back is Benjamin Dickman. And he with started- white shirt on. Yes, white shirt with the, with the blue sleeve, you know, whatever those, those are called. Um, yeah, so Benjamin was starting to work on a project for his afternoon working group. He's like, hey, I got this other assignment. I said, why don't you try working on that? That can be the, the thing that you work on for the three weeks. And he did. And he ended up getting published. And there is a link to his work on, um, <clears throat> on mathematical code switching. Yeah, so that's a thing. And code switching, if you are into social justice, you know uh, that's like talking to one group about one thing and then you're talking to another group about a different thing, but you know how to talk and relate to both groups. And we do that with math too. And Benjamin saw that connection and he was able to apply that to his working group project and he ended up getting published. So yeah, working groups can really take you to some interesting places. You never know. All right, fast forward to PCMI Plus. We've got cross programs. We've got building parties. We've got pizza problem solving. Estimathon is a great thing. The parade. Oh my gosh. I guess I'm supposed to talk about this. I was in charge of the parade for uh, three out of the five years that I attended. And so that's getting um, participants from every program involved in the parade. And we try to do some mathematical things. And I actually ended up talking to some people from the community and they always 
were um, very interested in what we were doing because we were always so excited and we did present. One year we carried some quilts. Um, another year we carried large structures of like a dodecahedron. Mm -hmm. But it's yeah. just that we could, you could, you, your, your nerd, your math nerd flag flies high at the Park City 4th of July parade. And they love it. Oh my God, the town is there for you. So um, in the middle is Irina. She's from the undergrad faculty program. And Irina is a major quilter. And um, there was something on Twitter recently about what's something that's mathematical that you wouldn't think is mathematical. And quilting, knitting, totally mathematical. So Irina, however, has been banned from the parade. Not, not due to any fault of Irina. There's a stalker. She has a stalker because of the quilting. Who knew that quilting had such drama? Yeah. <laughs> There's a quilter somewhere in Utah that stalks Irina and is... It, so the, the city of Park, Park City is like, uh, we can't deal with this drama. No more quilts. Yeah. So, all right. We are getting to the pandemic because here we go. We've got the future of PCMI. Um, uh, and this is the recruiting part. Yeah. <laughs> so right after we sent out acceptance letters, the whole COVID craziness of March and the spring happened. And the good news is those of you that were accepted kind of have a golden ticket. You can cash it in for whenever we do Park City Teacher Leadership Program again, face-to-face, -face, virtual, or whatever. You get first priority. You get first consideration. So there's that. Um but what is it going to look like? We don't have anything finalized. But what we we are in talks of uh, doing a couple of different things. And every year, PCMI is based around a research topic. And one of the working groups actually participates in the research topic. Um, what is 2021 20, going to look like? Well, it's kind of a mishmash of a couple of things because 2020 didn't happen. So there's all of that. But um, we've got number theory informed by computation. Uh, we've got quantum computation and we've got the Motovic homotopy. But um, that, that sounds very complicated, but I don't know how they do it, but they put it on my level, which would be a high school level. Algebra plus topology equals that craziness that mm -hmm. you're going to fold. So, all right. Yeah. So that's the research topic. Um, the teacher leadership program uses that research topic kind of broadly to draw their problem sets from. But Bowen and Daryl have this amazing capacity to kind of do all of that thing. Um, what the teacher leadership program will look like, however, mm -hmm. what PCMI will look like, however, well, it'll be in the summer of 2021, probably July, maybe a little bit of June, who knows. We're thinking three one-week programs. And those of you that our PCMI alum know that we were doing some PCMI stuff during the school year. And one of them uh, we did right before the school year happened in 2019, and it was a four day workshop. We're going to try to use that model. And so we doing that kind of a model, especially online virtually, is probably just gonna be the first two parts of our day, um, the morning math and the reflecting on practice. Now, for PCMI as a program, there should still be some cross-program opportunities. And for TLP, the teacher program, there will also be some academic year outreach opportunities beyond the summer into the 2021-22 school year. And those were typically weekend workshops, 
the four-day workshop was a new thing. We didn't get to do it again uh, in 2020 because of COVID, but those types of things we're looking at. Um, but nothing has really been decided, but we are we're definitely committed to putting on a 2021 show. The question is, what do we do to connect people virtually? I mean, PCMI, you're there for three weeks. I mean, at the end of three weeks, when you've lived with these people and you've done math with these people and you've gotten intimate over math problems with these people, it's intense. How do you do that virtually? How do you make those connections? And that's what we're trying to figure out. NCTM just wrapped up a virtual conference last weekend. And uh, those of you in California or that are that participate in CRC, um, they did it the weekend before. Uh, virtual is gonna be different, but still, PCMI is all about the connections, whether it's morning math, ROP, afternoon working groups, all of the above, meeting people from other parts of math and getting them to talk because they're big nerds and your teachers and your fun. I mean, these are the connections that you're going to make and these are the best people you're ever going to meet. I mean, some of the best people anyway. <laughs> So we're looking at that. We're, we're looking at ideas and we're looking at what works virtually and we're trying to consider what to do for PCMI 2021 because how do you capture the essence of PCMI? How do you, how do you recreate this? It's kind of a magical thing. And it's still, if you want to become a leader in math ed, math education, I would very, I would very much consider applying to PCMI. Yeah. So the applications are not ready yet because our program is not ready yet because it's a pandemic, people. I, oh my God, I'm dying. This is hard. This is so hard. But... We're going to do something and we may not be face to face, but we're going to do something and it's going to be awesome because PCMI is awesome. PCMI is not just MFA. PCMI is half MFA. So I see that in the chat. Half of, it's PC, half of it is MFA. The other half is teachers from anywhere, from, you know, not necessarily any affiliation. I didn't even know what MFA was until I got to PCMI because we don't have anything like that in Michigan. But at the beginning, I gave you some learning targets and a success criteria, and I hope that you will consider PCMI, whatever it is in the future. Um, Barb has shared our whole talk, uh, this whole slideshow in the chat with the bit.ly. And um, there's a couple of other things we'd like you to check out. So PCMI as a whole under IAS, they have a whole website and that's where you would apply to the program. They also have a YouTube channel. The teacher leadership program has an amazing website. It's an archive. No other program has an archive. Thank you, Suzanne. And we too have a YouTube channel with a couple of different videos. And um, some of them I'd like you to, I'd like to focus your attention to is, is the essence of PCMI that was created by an afternoon working group. And also some of the goals created by Vicki Lyons, former staff member, awesome Utah high school math teacher. Yeah. Oh, that's about our time. Thank you for attending. Thank you, Global Math Program, for this awesome opportunity to present. And Barb and I are on Twitter. Barb? Thank you, Barb. Thank you, um, uh, Monica. Thank you for sharing the work of PCMI with us. I hope you'll be able to stick around if you have a couple of questions. 
everyone in attendance thank you for joining us tonight uh, um for we will have brianna kurtz on december 1st and we will learn more about bringing the math back lessons in educational recovery from around the world Thank you so much, ladies. Thank You're welcome. This was fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you.